people will do truly terrible things in the name of Christmas music. I was in a shop the other day and listening to a really awful rendition of Jingle Bells. Like, it's Jingle Bells. How can you destroy it? And yet, the artists did it. They were, it was, it was destructively terrible. And I actually had a lovely conversation with a staff member at the shop about how grateful I was that they hadn't uh, snapped and begun to commit mass murder on customers just because of the quality of music. She was, she agreed. She was grateful for that. But it made me think about uh, there is bad Christmas music that is essentially just a miserable, miserable song. And then there's bad Christmas music where people took really good songs and they put their own twist on it, but they put it such a twist on it that like basically broke its neck. Um, so there's a lot of Christmas music in the world. I do like, I do like it. I like Christmas music. Usually one day in December, I'll just mainline a very specific playlist, which is my family playlist, which has music from the Christmas Carol album from my grandparents and uh, the Chipmunks and the Glenn Miller Christmas album. There's very specific things that make me happy. And I like to listen to them all in one go. And it'll probably be tomorrow. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve. And I'm doing some last minute packing mass and then traveling up to my parents. Uh, One Christmas song that you won't hear all the time um, is I'll Be Home for Christmas. You probably know it. You probably have heard it. If you listen to any kind of Christmas music between Thanksgiving and and Christmas. But it goes... I'll be home for Christmas. You can count on me. And this is not a big popular song in my family because anytime this song comes up on the radio, whether it's an actual radio or a shop radio, we will look at each other and say, you know, Grandma D hated this song. Because she did. Every time that song would come up on the radio, my grandma D, may she rest in peace, would say, I hate this song. And she had a very specific reason. Because the song talks about, I'll be home for Christmas, get everything decorated for me, make sure you save me some cookies. And then it ends, I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. And that enraged my grandma D. She really wanted people to be physically home for Christmas. She lived Christmas really strongly. And that's one of the many, many things around Christmas time that reminds me of her, that knowledge that she wanted people to be home. It's hard sometimes to think about what does it even mean to be home for Christmas? I'm a young adult. I do go up to my parents' place pretty much every Christmas. But when I was a kid, we actually alternated. We would, and I think this is pretty common with families. Maybe I'm weirder than I thought, but you will switch between one set of grandparents and the other, right? So this is, oh, this is the year for the such and such side of the family. This is the year for the such and such family. And you go there, but oftentimes families are, um, maybe closer, maybe not. I don't know. So when I was a kid, my parents and I, um, one year we'd be in Wisconsin and celebrating with my grandparents on my dad's side. And the other year we'd go to North Dakota and celebrate with the grandparents on my mom's side. And 
it's always an interesting time of year to travel, right? Some years it's dry, it's clear, and people are lamenting the fact that they don't get a white Christmas. And then some years, like this particular year, you have a snowstorm coming in that's dropping like two to four inches with brutally cold weather and biting biting wind, right? Uh, it, it can be really irregular. So I have a lot of memories of getting in the van, um, driving the 12 hours to my North Dakota relatives in the cold, in the dark, with the wind howling outside. For me, a lot about Christmas is that feeling of transition, that knowledge that you're going somewhere else. And I think between my, my grandparents on my dad's side and the grandparents on my mom's side, both of those Christmas traditions were really beautiful. Um, I always, we would sing like Polish Christmas carols every year on my mom's side, which I don't speak Polish and I didn't know most of the carols, but by George, I can wing it pretty well. Um, so kind of just, it was fun. It was just jumping into the community and the, the culture there, but Christmas is about that transition, that movement, that we are going someplace to celebrate this holiday. Uh, for a lot of my life, the you know half-ton van that my parents and I traveled around the continental U.S. in for their job, that was home. And as soon as you stepped into it, it was home. And everything else is just places you end up uh, when you're already home. It's a weird experience. I know that for a lot of people... There's a physical place that is where they grew up and, and where they were raised and where they evolved and where they celebrated Christmas. But for me, it has, it has not been so. Christmas is people and it's transitional people too. Maybe you see folks once a year at a Christmas party. You see folks once a year at a mass. And that's, that's how it rolls. I, th I was thinking about Spain, the podcast about Thanksgiving in Spain kind of blew up. A lot of people listen to it. So thank you. I appreciate it. And I was trying to think about Christmas in Spain and I realized that I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember what I did. I think that is when I, the two years that I lived in Spain, I think actually maybe not even the two years, one of the two years when I lived in Spain is the only time that I can remember not going somewhere for Christmas. It was a weird little circumstance. I think I was planning to go somewhere. And this is a weird piece because there has to have been two kind of Christmas seasons while I was in Spain. I was there for two school years, but I have zero memory of the one year. Um, and I don't know which year I don't remember, but I, I don't have two memories of Christmas in Spain. I only have the one. And I think for that year, I was planning to go to England to visit with friends or somewhere else. And if it's the time period I remember, I think I got chicken pox. <laughs> Wild times, right? I, if it's the time I remember, I, um, I was kind of itchy and I had spots and I went to the emergency room and they were like, man, you're having an allergic reaction. This is a very bad thing. Because didn't, it didn't occur to me that all the little kids in the school that I'd been in had been getting chicken pox. Um, so until I went to school the next day and the teacher looked at the spots on my face and the, the fact that I was ill and she was like, why are you here? You clearly have varicela. And I was like, I definitely do, don't I? But it hadn't occurred to me before. So I think that I got sick with varicela. I was out that week. 
because, you know, they didn't want me spreading it to the teachers. Um, and they were very confused about why I'd never been vaccinated and or gotten it as a child. And I'm a little confused about that too. Maybe, I mean, not getting it as a child I get because I wasn't really around children when I was a kid. But my parents are definitely vaccination people. I don't know. But anyway, I had the spots and I had the itching and I had uh, the general feel of malaise. And with all of that, it didn't make sense for me to try and go somewhere for Christmas. You know, getting on an airplane to fly to England, terrible idea when you've got spots, right? Um, Even back in the day before pandemics. So I was recovering and I went uh, to midnight mass, which I don't think was at midnight in Spain either, I think, but it was pretty late, like 10 or 11 at the cathedral. And I have a sense memory of it being beautiful. But what I really remember is walking home afterward through those darkened streets in the cold, up, uphill both ways. Uh, Toledo was a city that was incredibly hilly. Like you literally would walk uphill both ways no matter where you went in the area of the city. I was in the old historical town, um, literally uphill both ways, no matter where you were going. So walking home in, in that dark and in that calm and being aware of the unreality of it, that it was Christmas and I was by myself and I didn't know how to think about that then. And I don't now either, but that's it. That's the only time I can remember not taking a journey to celebrate the Christmas season. And that's appropriate in a lot of ways, right? I don't know how you celebrate Christmas. I struggle with the commercialism. I struggle with a few things that I won't go into in this podcast because they probably deserve a podcast of themselves. But I'll say that I celebrate Christmas religiously in the sense that I am religious and I celebrate the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ into flesh the timing is interesting. The celebration is interesting. There's a lot of interesting. We stole this holiday, but, um, and when I say we, I mean, Christians stole the holiday, but it is also our holiday. Anyway, I got into it, even though I didn't plan on it. But anyway, uh, and now I've distracted myself. Where was I going? Christmas celebration, right? So I go somewhere to celebrate Christmas every year. And I go for the family and I go because I want to take that time to breathe even amidst the hubbub of commercialism and honestly the stress of the season and the darkness and waiting for light to return. And that is a good thing. It is a blessing and also a confusion sometimes because that one Christmas in Spain where it was just me walking home from midnight mass, that wasn't terrible either. No matter where you are, you can celebrate the incarnation of our Lord. But it's a, the family and the graces. And it's a little less streamlined and clear for me than Thanksgiving. But it's still beautiful nonetheless. So I don't know where you're at. And I don't know how you're celebrating or not the, the Christmas season. And I don't know if you have to travel. if Whether in your heart or in physically or if you're staying in one place because that's the most peaceful thing to do. But I hope no matter where you're at, that this end of 2022 has been good for you, 
that you have good people in your life who love you and that you're able to be home for Christmas, maybe just in your dreams, maybe physically and whatever home is for you, that you are there. Thanks, good luck, and I'll see you in 2023. Oh my goodness, I thought of the great idea that I distracted myself from in the middle of the last segment. And you know what? You're going to get a little extra segment because this is clearly a somewhat less polished episode than usual. Um, in my defense, I'm I'm not sick anymore, which is a delight. I got a round of antibiotics and I think whatever garbage I had for all of November and most of December most of November, most of December, um, whatever garbage I had, I think is gone, though my voice is still not 100%. And I'm not 100%. But by George, I'm like 80%. And it's for a win. Anyway, the thought that I keep distracting myself from related to Christmas related to travel is traveling during Christmas is very appropriate. Because Mary and Joseph were traveling as well. And Based on the narrative, it was not a stress-free experience. It was not, I mean, they got there and there was no hotels open, right? Like everyone was booked because of the weather, not because of the weather, because of the census. But that stress of, I need to go somewhere. This is urgent. I have this moment. Let me be honest, that's part of Christmas too. And part of that transition, I feel incredibly blessed that I one have the opportunity to go home to a family that loves me and is not a terrible place to go for Christmas. Um, and two, that I wouldn't have to go. Like if we got another wave of terrible winterness, uh, I mean, my parents would be sad, but uh, there's nothing saying that I absolutely have to leave the house uh, at any point except for Christmas Eve when I'm singing. So um, when, yeah, travel during Christmas is also very appropriate if you're celebrating the birth of Jesus because, you know, Mary and Joseph did it too and they can maybe help, right? Like that might be a good group of folks to say, hey, Mary and Joseph, say some prayers for my travel, save some prayers for this family, uh, say some prayers that I get where I'm going and the hotels are open, right? Like uh, they've been there and it, it's a good reminder that no matter who you are, uh, it doesn't always work out when you're traveling over the holidays. <laughs> 